What's good, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Thoughts from the Shade. We're a day late, but we're not a buck short. The Phillies had a tough week. We got our first look at the Eagles in the preseason, but today we're a man short. Bomb is out on vacation, so we figured it would be a great time to have our first guest on the show to talk some fantasy football as we get ready for upcoming drafts and the regular season in the NFL. So let me send it over to our guest, and we'll catch back up with you next week. Hope you enjoy. Well, uh, I guess I'll just give you a quick formal welcome. Uh, Our first guest on Thoughts from the Shade. Ali D here to provide some some fantasy insights as we are getting through these dog days of summer, looking ahead to football season, regular season action. This guy's like the Matthew Barry of the corporate world. He's putting in <laughs> 60, 60 to 70 hour weeks on his feet out in the working world and in his downtime, he's just staring at that screen, getting all the intel and winning fantasy league so you're too generous g you're too generous (laughs) figured we'd get you on not just so i can steal steal all your strategies and and moves uh as as we go head to head this year but just for some good content some good fantasy football knowledge for for the audience how many leagues are you doing this year al i'm just doing two i'm doing um Pretty intense uh, dynasty league, which let's just say for the last two years I've been rebuilding. So I'm going to preface this and say that you know I'm not a financial advisor, so take everything that I say with a grain of salt because boy have I been struggling in in the rebuild. It's you know dynasty is a different dynamic. We have our our keeper league, which you know I I usually hold my own. But uh, yeah, you know, just trudging through the mess, trying to trying to make a name for yourself, you know, small so, pup and tall grass, as we used to say. So, so, so this is not financial advice. Do not take this to the bank. I'm shooting from the hip, but you know, we're here. We're here to have fun, right? We're here to just get these thoughts out and sit in the shade and enjoy a, <laughs> a cold one. Yeah, man, we'll we'll put a disclaimer on that. So given that that you play Dynasty, I guess, I know you 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 take a pretty good look at every draft class or at least like the first round or two of of uh, offensive players in the draft. So from the, I guess from this past spring and looking looking ahead to the season, are there any guys, I mean, who did you bring in for your team and then who were guys that that you wanted but one elsewhere and that you think will might might contribute to the fantasy landscape immediately this season. So that's an interesting question, G. You kind of I think going into what I've learned with Dynasty is you kind of um you do kind of like generalizations of these these draft classes and what we see 2020 was one of the most complete classes we've seen in it, it it was historical, the talent coming out of that class. 2021 with COVID and a lot of players holding out, you know, the Jamar uh, chases and everyone kind of uh, sitting out the season. It was a little bit smaller. Uh, we saw, we you know, you get the the hype of the generational talent, uh, generational talents that are coming out. You know, Jamar, if he would have went in 2020, would have been one of the top wide receivers uh, still with Judy and CeeDee Lamb. I think, you know, this was um, where I was going with this was the the generalizations. 2020 was so complete. This 2021 class tended to be very QB heavy, a lot of QB talent. It was a pretty decent tight end class with uh, Kyle Pitts coming in. Yeah, Pitts is a beast. Yeah. Local guy, too. Or at least local yeah. for us. Philly guy. Uh, he went to... Um, Archbishop Wood. Archbishop Wood, that's right. Big fan of him. I have shares of him in my dynasty. And then, you know, wide receiver, we're seeing year after year, these guys are just coming out super polished. These, like, 
monster programs like Alabama, LSU, uh, OSU. They're just producing like guys that are just so clean, ready to come out, you know, and hit the field. And unfortunately for a lot of us in the fantasy, you know, realm, uh, running back was probably the least fruitful position coming out of this class. Uh, so I'm going to start there, actually, and if you ever decide to have me back on the show, I'm going to actually frame this as kind of more of an open-ended thing that we can talk about kind of months down the line. The big, uh, the big question on my mind is who you take in, Javonta Williams or Travis Etienne? Those are the two big running backs, in my opinion. Obviously, we have Najee Harris. I, I separate Najee because in a lot of, you know, rookie drafts, Najee is the clear number one you're going to just given his situation. I think there's a lot of discussion going on whether you take Javante, Javante, excuse me, or Travis. And oh. I... So hang, yeah. hang on just a sec. So Najee Harris is out of Bama, right? And he went to the Steelers, correct? Yes. So, and then ETN, obviously out of Clemson. He went to the Jags with Lawrence, right? Yes. And then Javanta is, out, is he out of North Carolina? Yep. He and, split time with, uh, was it Michael Carter? Yes. Yeah. And where did, where did he end up with the Jets or Carter's on the Jets, I think? Yes. And where's Javonta Williams? Where did he end up? Denver. Okay. So he's splitting time with Melvin Gordon. And is I, Lindsay's not there anymore, is he? No, Lindsay went to Houston. Okay. So the reason why I put those two kind of pitted against each other is they're they're two very different backs, and both have an opportunity for you know immediate impact i think more so well so and that's the problem is they're both in handcuffs right we yeah, have j rob yeah. j rob had a nice year last year yeah undrafted free agent who absolutely murdered it last and you, season you you actually told me to draft him uh in the league that we don't play together and i think i took him in the last round of that draft because Everybody but you was behind the eight ball on that, and it it paid dividends for me in that league. So that was that was some good intel that you had for me there. Certainly paid off. Yeah. And, and then Javonta Williams is in Denver with with Melvin Gordon at the tail yeah. end of his career. Feels like right. So yeah. What do you, what do you think about that? Some split right now, and it's been bothering me. And I, I'm gonna be. Fully up front, uh, in my dynasty league, I've acquired a ton of draft capital, and I went ETN. This was very early. This we draft right after the NFL draft, so this isn't you know you don't wait to see how camp turns out. Sure. Um, so I'm gonna you know both sides have their. I think Devonta, um, or Javanta, excuse me, is uh. I mean, he's he's a tank. I think he is going to. I think next year he's going to be a total lock, you know, because I think Melvin Gordon is on the last uh, his last year. I but and I'm also going to say this. Mel is hurt right now. It's minor, but any showing that Williams can have right now is he. I mean. Any excuse for the coaches to to get him in, right? Any showing? The job yeah. interview, right? Yeah, it sounds like it's his his kind of game yeah. to lose if, if Gordon's banged up, right? Yeah. So I think and uh but on you know, on the contrary, ETN has a long report. We got a rookie quarterback coming into a new system. He's new to the league. New Who coach? does he know? Yeah, new coach. Who does he know? He knows Travis. And we know that uh, ETN's got some great hands. He's going to be a great, you know, pass-catching back. So where I'm lining up on this is I think if you have a year to wait, you take Williams because he's going to be split in time with Mel. 
granted, you know, Mel has a bit of an injury uh, past. But I think if you're in a PPR league, you're going to want to, for immediate impact, you're going to want to steer towards ETN. If you're in a standard league and you want that true kind of workhorse power back, you're gonna uh, you're gonna stick with Williams on that. And then you have Najee Harris above above both both of them. I did. Yeah. I'm not sure now. Now, um, so I was actually doing a little uh, a little research here, and all three of them are in a similar position. Right now, I have from 2020 uh, offensive line rankings up, and Denver Broncos are ranked 21. You're going to scroll down. Jacksonville is ranked 23. And surprisingly enough, I believe that uh, the Steelers were ranked 31. Everyone really? always associates that, they're that low. You know, a lot of people always associate the Steelers with just absolute brick walls for lines they didn't finish too well they had a lot of older guys a lot of injuries obviously you know coming in i i i'm fairly certain the steelers kind of revamped they've got some young guys coming in and you know some some veterans have been shed but i'm trying to uh, think last year how the pittsburgh run game kind of shook out and and because Connor was banged up, and then who else did they have? They had Snell and yeah, Snell, yeah, somebody yes. else. But I feel like, I mean, in terms of the Steelers' kind of window, in terms of being competitive and making the playoffs, it's kind of on the on the back burner or on the 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 backside, I should say. Yeah, uh, which isn't obviously isn't clearly uh, conducive or or. I don't know the word I'm looking for. Like that doesn't always allude directly to to fantasy success because you look at James Robinson in Jacksonville last year. Like that's a terrible team, and he had a great year fantasy wise. I would I would guess that he was probably a top ten running back in any format. And and then in in Denver, like Phil Lindsay, I feel like he he's pretty solid even when he was you know duoed or handcuffed or whatever you want to call it, uh, teamed up with Melvin Gordon. So, so yeah, it can go, it can go either way. I mean, you think about it in all those kind of cases, I mean, with big Ben getting old lock in Denver and, uh, I mean, yeah, lock, lock and Bridgewater battling it out right yeah. now. And I mean, up until now with Trev coming to Jacksonville, you don't have a quarterback, so what are you going to do? Your options are run it or little dink and dumps because you're yeah. not stretching the field in those cases. So uh, that's another thing with a rookie quarterback heading into Jacksonville and, and Denver kind of with those woes. You know, the ball's got to go somewhere, and if you can't stretch the field, who's it going to? You're running it. Yeah, that's good intel. But uh, now we can cap cap the running back situation there. But I guess I'd also want to get your thoughts because, like you said, it, 2021 it was a pretty QB heavy draft. You got Trevor Lawrence, as we talked about, Zach Wilson to the Jets, Trey Lance to San Francisco, Justin Fields to Chicago. I don't know if I'm missing anybody from that top, you know, first round crop of quarterbacks. But I guess I'd just be curious to in terms of, of fantasy and, and what you think, who do you see as being, uh, I mean, maybe not, maybe not a QB one on your fantasy team this year, but someone that, that you kind of have your eye on, I guess, d- down the line. I'm going to share my cards on this one, G. And I think I have a bias towards Trevor Lawrence. Obviously I, I picked him up in my dynasty league and he was one of my, who I was going after one of the names that I had on my draft board. And the reason I I say that in a lot of these number ones, they always get overhyped and they end up failing, right? But I just feel like Trevor Lawrence at every stage of the game has showed up and excelled, right? Doesn't matter, you know, where, where he's been. I mean, the dude was thrown out as a freshman in the uh, national championship. And I mean, look what he did. The, the dude just, 
I think he's got, you know, ice in his veins. He's got a good head on his shoulders. And I'm, for God's sakes, I'm I'm hoping he turns out because I have shares in him. But well, you say you have shares. What do you mean? Like, you, you did draft yeah. him on your Dynasty team? Yeah. it's yeah. You're seeing a lot of these, like, uh, fantasy shows. They're moving away from, like, I own him to I have shares. It's like a stock. Yeah, I have stock. Yeah, exactly. I have stock in this this player. So I I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I just always have always have been. I really I'm looking forward to see what Justin Fields has how he's going to to pan out in uh, Chai Town. Yeah, uh, he's mobile, and he kind of got snuffed, right? Like he could have been. I think he was probably after. Trev could have been in the discussion for, you know, two, three. Certainly. And he kind of got snuffed, so I, I'm hoping he goes in with the chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and I, I, lo- I like Fields. Uh, obviously, being a Penn State guy, I've watched, watched a lot of Fields. You know, I guess before the draft and all the mock drafts and Zach Wilson's and Trey Lance's came into the picture, it was kind of Lawrence versus Fields is that top QB, and I know – the popular pick is Lawrence. He's got the size. He's he's won a ton, and you know, big arm, athletic, yeah, football IQ and all that. But I I look at even before the draft. I mean, I look at Fields. The guy the guy's a gamer. You know, he got he got that blow to the ribs in uh in the college football playoff. I believe it was against Clemson. And he still lit them up, and that, yep. that was this this past. Uh, CFP, and then obviously they struggled in the national championship game. But I, I like Fields a lot. I think he throws a great ball. Anybody that that you know took the beating that he did and stayed in the game and and won that semifinal game, that was impressive. And and I look at Lawrence, and now I look at the situation. Right, he goes to Jacksonville. They're not very good. Urban Meyer, new head coach, first time in the NFL. Like kind of always ran that gimmicky. Like I don't know if I want to call it an RPO or but, you know, the read option mm-hmm. uh, with, with guys like Fields and, and whatnot in college. And, and he certainly had success with that uh, in college. But I don't know what his offense is going to look like in the NFL. So I just think there's a little bit of uncertainty there. And I wish Baum was here to kind of talk about this aspect of it. But you look at – I look at Trevor Lawrence on social media and he, he's – Seems like a little bit of a me guy. I just get that that vibe that he's got a little bit of that me me persona. We talk about it uh, on, on here a lot with our old boy Wentz and how he was kind of <laughs> like that. But you know, sa- same kind of deal. Like has all the tools. It's just the persona. And then I, I think that situation in in Jacksonville might not be great. But again, you look at Fields in Chicago. I mean, Chicago is yeah where people go to die too. So. We'll see. I think I think both guys. I think those are the two two best talents uh, at the QB position to come out. I mean, I don't, don't I don't watch a ton of BYU. I don't watch a ton of North Dakota State. And and obviously, given you know how Wentz panned out, I, I don't know that that I'm holding. I'd be holding much stock in, in Trey Lance or and definitely not in Zach Wilson, just based on the fact that he went to to uh, the Jets. Trey's interesting. He uh, he's a gunslinger. I don't know if you have gotten to watch any of the preseason. I I think it was Trey who completed that eighty-five uh, yard tutty. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, it was clean as hell, man. Uh, he did. I look mean, that good. also that accounted for most of his yards. So you got to take that into consideration. Uh, he didn't throw too much, but I mean, I don't know. It, you know, these guys are rookies. We we tend to to put a lot of uh, a lot of pressure on them to come out right out the gate, uh, but I uh, I'm curious to see you know I also I also have a little some of these guys get thrown into the limelight way too early I mean we saw with with Brady and Rogers right they they had a couple seasons to sit learn the game get comfortable in their own skin definitely a lot of times during these these young kids into the mix, they get absolutely battered. And I mean, look at your boy, uh, Carson. He's a head case, right? Yeah. 
So I, this leads me to my next point. I, I don't think he's the most talented or the most athletic, but I, in three years, if this show is still going, I want you to have me on, and we're going to talk about Kyle Trask because he's going to be learning from the goat down in the Bucks. Is that from, where Trask ended up? Yeah, in Tampa? he's behind. Uh, yeah, he's behind Brady. Yeah, he's and a I, nice. He's a nice player. Yeah, so he was he, at, he's a Florida boy. Yeah, he too. was at Florida, wasn't he? I would have to pull it up, but I think he was at Louisiana Tech for for a little stint too, and kind of lit it up there. I don't know yeah. if he wasn't playing at Florida and then went over there to light it up, or if he was at Tech first and then Florida. But yeah, he's uh, he's going to be a good case study to watch. Yeah, that's a good um, situation for a guy like him. It, it feels like. I mean, you put anybody I mean, under Brady, that's a good situation. But Brady was a backup his entire career, right? Would have never got, got in if, if yeah. Bledsoe didn't get hurt. Exactly. So um, you know, maybe two years under Brady, we might be. He might be. You know, the the quarterback position is super cerebral, right? It's, it's a thinking man's game, and uh, maybe he learns that skill. Maybe it, it, you know, diffuses from the goat to uh, him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who who plays this year. I mean, obviously Lawrence is going to play. I think Zach Wilson is, is penciled in as the starter in New York. Lance and, and Jimmy G, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in San Francisco because obviously Jimmy G took them to the Super Bowl, but I know they're very high on Trey Lance. I don't know if a starter's been named or not, but I think it'll be interesting. I think Lance will probably see the field this year. And then the Bears have Andy Dalton, Foles, and Justin Fields. I mean, I think if, if Fields – you know, shows out nicely. Maybe he comes in by week five, week six, if if the Bears aren't winning. I mean, I, I, I just can't see. I mean, I would play Fields over Andy Dalton right off the bat. And I agree. We talked about Foles a little bit last week and his mentality and then the rumors of him going to Indy. So if, if something happened where Foles got traded, Fields would, would definitely be in line for some action this year. But I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, but the the play always dictates, you know, who's who's starting. So so we'll see. Absolutely. So I know your draft style and your 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 roster construction style a little bit, and you're not a you're not a QB in the early rounds kind of guy, and you always kind of end up with a very productive quarterback that isn't isn't the big name at the time. I look at Lamar Jackson the year he blew up. I look at Justin Herbert last year, and I guess just give me your thoughts on, you know, acquiring quarterbacks and why you pick them where you do and, and how you pick these guys, because I feel like you pick them before anybody's really talking about them, and then they're putting up 30, 35 fantasy points most weeks, and you're beating the brakes off everybody. Yeah, so my thing with fantasies is all about value, right? You don't. You never want to reach for a player. You always want to be the lucky one that finds the diamond in the rough, right? So your running backs, for instance, you know you have your top guys, your Christian McCaffrey's, your Dalvin Cooks, your Henrys, your Camaros, that are all you know scoring twenty. I mean, depending on your your format settings, yeah, your format are scoring you know twenties you know, upwards of 30 points a game. And then there's that steep cliff that you drop off. And, and then you're you're struggling to get guys that are going to put up 10, 12 points a, uh, a week. With the quarterback position, everyone is in between, you know, 15 and 30 points. And you have a higher chance of hitting on quarterbacks. So in our standard league, which is a one keeper, I t- and even in my dynasty league, which is a, a one Q, any one QB format, I always try to, I don't prioritize the QB position. And that's kind of, um, it's odd to watch how the game of fantasy has kind of evolved. You know, it used to be, you went for the big qu- quarterback because that was the big points. And then, you know, it became super running back heavy. And now we're kind of at another transition in the game where we're seeing people trying to figure out how to prioritize the tight end position because that's such a steep drop off now. 
So you've seen a lot of discussions about when should we take tight ends. And so with that being said, I am curious to see in the later rounds, you're going to have guys like Matt Stafford available, right? A little older, experienced vet. Dude can has a cannon on a brand new offense with a coach that wants to get him the ball or, you know, give, give him the reins. It seems like him and, yeah, young McVay have a pretty good rapport. You know, they were down in Mexico slinging tequilas together, talking <laughs> shop. So, yeah, you look for the you look for those buys like that. I feel like people are going to draft Stafford high this year, though, knowing that he's on the Rams and, and has a shot to, to win so? and really let it fly this year. Yeah. I, I think so. I mean, just from talking to people, you know, everybody – is looking at the Rams to come out of the NFC and looking at Stafford to have a huge year. I, I, I can definitely foresee some some scenarios where Stafford is going earlier than, than somebody like you would draft him. Yeah. Um, but I guess I'm, I'm just curious. Like how, You get to the late rounds, mid to late rounds, and Mahomes and Rodgers and Russell Wilson, like those guys are all off the board. How are you? differentiating that that next tier of guys to land on a Lamar Jackson before he blows up or to land on a Justin Herbert before he blows up. I mean, I look at Justin Herbert. I watched him in college, and he played Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. It was his last college game, and I was, I was certainly underwhelmed. And then last year he lit it up, and, and now he's – He's not a secret anymore. So I feel like I feel like you dig up these these diamonds in the rough, like you said, that are that are kind of the best kept secret. And then I'm looking at your QB position every week and you're getting 25, 30 points. Yeah, I mean, you want to look at the the situation that they're in. Right. And kind of the attitude that the individual has. I mean, no one was talking about Herbert. Right. And then he gets placed in a position where. They, what was it, Tyrod Taylor? They punctured his lung with a <laughs> a <laughs> shot. And, I mean, it's a young kid. He obviously had the arm strength. And he's getting thrown in with Keenan Allen. You know, he, he had the support staff to – to, and he had uh, – Mike Williams. Yep. Who was his tight end? It was uh, – um, Hunter Henry. Henry, yeah. Right? Hunter Henry. Yep. And so he, he had targets and um, – and dude rose to the occasion. I think it's a lot about the system. I, I you know, along those lines, I'm curious. I, he gets a lot of the press isn't too friendly to him, but I'm curious to see what Sam Darnold does in Carolina. Wow. I think he didn't have a shot at the Jets. He was set up to fail. Naturally. Yeah. And he's he's got an arm. You know, we saw in his college career. And I think the, the, the guy's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. Like I said, you, you kind of look at the individual, too. I hope he comes out and he's successful. Dude never had a shot, and uh, I hope he can somehow resurrect his professional career. Yeah, and he's under a guy like like Matt Rule. I think he's, he's a player's coach. You got CMC in the backfield. I'm not too familiar with the, the Panthers' wide receiver core. Is Olsen back? Is Greg Olsen back? He's in the pa- Patriots now. Oh, wow. So I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, no, he it. retired, right? It's uh, Janu and... Um, Wait, uh, Johnu Smith went to Carolina? No, Johnu Smith is at uh, the Tennis Patriots. Is. Oh, he's at the Patriots. Yeah. See, this is why I bring you on, Al. You get, you get me up to date on all the, uh, all the roster moves. But, yeah, regardless, I think... Donald is definitely in a better situation than he was uh, with the Jets. The sky is also blue, but yeah, it's that, it's not a hot take, but it's uh, I mean, I think it is. I don't think I don't think people look at Donald and think fantasy quarterback. I, I don't I don't think people people think that at all. So it'll be interesting to see that unfold. But it's and it's it's definitely intriguing. He's got it. what? He's got Robbie Anderson now. He's got. Um, He's pretty good. You know, Robbie showed the last season, you know, he can he can be that person that can stretch the field. And, you know, you can I mean, the dude's got. I mean, he played with all them at the Jets. Yeah. 
they basically moved the Jets, like a lot of the, the offensive guys, down to Carolina. So I'm, I'm uh, curious to see how those guys kind of click in a new system with a little you know, familiarity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, you know, if I was going to guess before I asked you who, who you might have your eye on as kind of an outside guy at QB this year, I don't think I would have guessed Sam Darnold. So that just that just goes to show the, the, the average Joe like me isn't looking yeah. at Sam Darnold and Carolina and saying fantasy opportunity. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to. It's I'm not spit- financial advice. It's not a financial advice. I'm spitballing right now. And I mean, you got Tua, too. Tua's got uh, a hell of a receiving court now with Waddle, DeMonta Parker, and uh, Fuller, right? This is some weapons. Not to mention Gasecki And I mean, they're a little weak at, at back. They got what? Miles, Miles Gas Can. <laughs> the Gas, gas can. can. But yeah, you know, it's it's just kind of looking looking to see how that system and if they can, if there's an individual, even if they just have a modicum of like talent, they can, if they got some people that can receive the ball, you know, that's kind All of. All he's got to uh, do is chuck it, man. Exactly. Throw it up with a prayer, right? <laughs> Let's 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 turn the page a little bit. We can we can stick with with QB or or whatever you want to do. But I, I I'm I kind of wanted to ask you if you look at and maybe QB's not not the place since we we got into it. But let's 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 look at running back. And you look at your top top tier of running backs. You know Kamara, Cook, uh, McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, uh, and, and so on. You look at that that top tier of running backs. Is there anyone that you're selling on this year? Like because that that's one of the hardest things when you draft. Like last year, I I kept Michael Thomas in a league, and he he was the top rated receiver, you know, and all the pre-draft stuff. And and guy was hurt. He was in and out. Relationship with the Saints is kind of in flux, and that that's that certainly hurt hurt my team pretty bad. Are there any running backs that you know? are high up on the, the pre-draft rankings that, that you might be a, a little low on, someone that's maybe at their last kick of the can or, or just for whatever reason it, it, it might not work out? That's a fantastic question, G. It's a million-dollar question. Yeah. So, I mean, every three or four years, this, this game is cyclical, right? Every three to four years, uh, there's kind of a changing of the guard, and we are hitting that now you know, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, who else do we say? Derrick Henry. Those guys have ran the show for the last, what, two or three seasons, correct? Yeah. Running backs, they have the shortest shelf life. And a lot of these the guys... shorter you know, shelf life. Shorter shelf life. Say that three times fast. Exactly. And it doesn't help when you have a lisp like me. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, you get up into the... 25s, 26s, and they're kind of on the in the twilight of the career. This is a you know a shame, but they they had their run. I think we're seeing that this is going to be kind of the last year, in my opinion, for the last probably you know year or two for a lot of these. You saw McCaffrey kind of a lot of miles on the tires, right? They ran him into the ground. He was their entire offense. Wear and tear was starting the show last season. Dalvin Cook, again, he's always, you know, week two or three, he's out. Kamara is an odd situation because he's a different back. There's a lot of pass catching involved. But still, you know, he's, I think, 25, right? Pretty yeah, he, he, he also share, shares a little bit of the workload with somebody usually. I don't know who they've got there there this year, but in the past, he's... He shared that backfield a little bit, unlike some of the other guys we've talked about. And he also, I mean, I don't know what the hell they're going to do at the quarterback position, but Tyson Hill, Taysom Hill is a runner himself, and uh, he tends to shy away from Camaro. We've seen his production drop when Taysom's behind center, uh, as opposed to Drew, who like really Camaro uh, was his crutch. I think we're going to start seeing that new guard I don't think that – I think it was the 2019 class never really took off. The Josh Jacobs, 
uh, who's now got Kenyon Drake to compete with in uh, Vegas. Uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery, never really... I mean, he's had moments, but he's never really, like, struck your eye. And uh, Miles could be something, but the Eagles system is just... I don't understand the Eagles system. You have, you know, a top guy and you barely use him. So I don't know, as as an Eagles fan, if you've got anything to comment on that with Miles Sanders. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Penn State and I'm an Eagles guy, but I'm not the biggest Miles guy. I think he's got some speed and, and shows some flashes, but I don't know if, if the football IQ is, is fully there and I don't know if the pass catching ability is fully there, but certainly has the talent. So it could just be a, a developmental and a, and a timing thing. But I'm curious to, to get your take on, on two guys in, in, in the NFC East. Obviously, Saquon missed last year and Zeke Elliott with Dak going down and injuries to the O-line. Uh, obviously, Zeke has been a powerhouse for fantasy in, in recent years. Uh, what do you see for those guys this year? Ooh, that's a tough one. So, say say. I mean, we we're not going to argue that he was an elite talent coming into the league, uh, and this is kind of what we touched on earlier. That you know, a lot of these organizations who are kind of constantly rebuilding these got these top these studs get beat up, right? They're thrown into systems where not everything is clicking. That's a nice way to put it about the Giants. <laughs> yeah, us being politically correct. I think uh, if they say drops to mid to later round one, like you have to take him. But it's going with that risk, right? He, he's injury prone. It just It's unfortunate. He knows what he's doing out there. It's just sometimes the wheels aren't aren't always, you know, running or on the on the car. Zeke what is Zeke is 26. Yeah, he's a little bit older than this, you know, the top the top crop that we talk about, but but I don't think by much. Um, yeah. he's, he's got a lot of a lot he's, of wear on the tires, but man, he when he gets going, he's he's a friggin' beast. Agreed. I think we see when Dak is not in when Dak is not in the lineup, how much that affects Zeke, which concerns me. And I know you're not, you know, and the people that are tuning in are Philly-centric and probably don't want to hear about the Cowboys. But Dak really did show his worth, I think, last season and <laughs> the drastic fall-off that the Cowboys had when he got hurt. And that was a horrific injury. So uh, I don't know how... I don't know how he's going to be able to come back. You know, all the reports are saying that Dak is, you know, progressing well. But like we said earlier, Zeke being 26, we're starting to get to that hump period where running backs enter the kind of the twilight of their career. And not to say that, you know, there's a ton of, you know, there is a ton of miles or whatever on Zeke. I don't know. I, I, the whole Cowboys system is throwing me through a loop right now, especially since they have like three, uh, three really good wide receivers too. Yeah, yeah, and McCarthy. I don't know if you're yeah. watch, if you're watching Hard Knocks, but they they showed Dak sitting out of practice. He's got something going on with like his arm or his shoulder, and and McCarthy is. Mike McCarthy is Mike McCarthy. I don't. I don't think uh, a ton of people view him favorably. And from from the first episode of Hard Knocks, I thought I didn't really see see good vibes between him and Dak. So that's, yeah, that's that's a situation to watch. But I feel like if you get Dak and and Zeke on the field together and their lines healthy, I think I think that bodes well for Zeke. But I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as you, where it it's not the guy that I want. At, in the first round, or no? But if he's there, and and not for that's nothing, the best pick, you got to take him, right? Yeah, not for nothing. Tony Pollard has showed that he could step step up. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, so maybe that... I mean, it's not it's not the sexiest choice, right? But he's got a formidable, you know, reserve backing him up. Yeah, yeah. So he can play a little bit too. Maybe that lightens the load for Zeke a little bit. I'm not sure. But why don't we why don't we swing it over to to the wide out position? Well, I mean, who do you? I remember we were together. You know, when I did my draft last year for one of my teams, and you had me looking at Cortland Sutton in Denver. Obviously, blew his knee out game one. Did d- didn't work out, but you know that was a guy that was on on the draft board, like you know, kind of in the window of where I was picking, and wasn't somebody that I had my eye on. Do you have anybody like that for this year? That's kind of maybe a little under the radar what you think has potential to have a nice year that, that people aren't, aren't typically looking at. So that's a great point. Cause I may, I mean, we had our draft in our home league before and I went right for Cortland uh, and the dude's a stud. He's shown, it, it was just unfortunate what happened. I tend to look a lot at whiteout pairings. And I think there's a few interesting ones personally the Jamar Chase T Higgins pairing, and you you, you kind of look at these pairings because they're going to split defenses, right? There's going to be coverage that's going to go, especially like if you have three, you know, adept receivers, that's going to it's you're going to you're going to thin out the uh, defensive coverage. So the T Higgins Jamar Chase, I'm I'm trying to see how that's going to play out. I fear for Joe Burrow a little bit. They should have stacked his line more, and I think he's probably seen ghosts a little bit, as Sam Darnold would say when he was getting absolutely knocked around. I'm very interested in the Brandon Ayuk, uh, Debo Samuels pairing, two totally different wideouts, and I'm hoping that or hoping that Trey Lance can they can split defenses and kind of pull their own workloads from that. Another one that I'm looking at, as you stated, is the Cortland uh, and the Jerry Judy. I think that's going to be a good pairing that feeds off each other. They also have, uh, who's their third in the mix? They got KJ Hamler too out of Penn State. KJ Hamler, that's right. To stretch the field. Yeah. So I, I tend to look, a lot of people it's so hung up on just getting the main guy in a system and they kind of forget that a lot of these wide receivers, it is beneficial to have two or three like pretty, you know, skillful players to, to kind of shed coverage. Let's take, for example, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, right? Calvin ate with Julio. And I think everyone's, kind of down on A.J. Brown now that Julio is coming into the Titan system. I don't think it does anything but help A.J. They're two totally different receivers. So that, I mean, they're both like... It takes attention away from from A.J. Brown. And I'm a huge... have many shares of A.J. Brown. Big fan. But if you're looking for sleepers, one that I have, and I don't know how it's going to work because... Lamar is weird for me, but I like Rashad Bateman going to Baltimore. He's rookie. Rookie receivers tend to take two to three years to develop, but who does he have? I mean, he's got Hollywood Brown stretching the field for him. Uh, They obviously have the run game with Lamar and uh, J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins, and um, he's a running back that I'm Missing. Gus Edwards. Didn't they, Gus, didn't they re-sign Gus him? Gus. Yes. There's a lot of there's a lot of assets that are kind of pulling away from the area that Rashad Bateman kind of inhabits. He's gonna be that guy kind of in the slot in the middle of the field, you know, pulling pulling big balls. And I think that's going to uh, work in his favor. I think that's someone to look out for. And they got Andrews, too, at tight end, right, still? Yep, Marky Mark. He's a beast. Yeah, that's interesting. I always, 
I never really thought about it that way. And I think, like you said, a lot of people just kind of look at who's the main guy and look at pairings or tight ends and think, oh, this guy's going to take away from from the main guy. But yeah. it's it's interesting to hear hear how you think about it like that. The main rule, you know, they tell you in fantasy is one, you want to shed that Homer, that Homer outlook. You want to get rid of that, like, you know, team centric view that this is who I want. Another thing is you, you kind of got to shed that individualistic mentality. It's a big word. Big word. Yeah. Man. Sorry. It's, it's the uh, Dayquil has got me that scissor that individualistic outlook where you want to start looking at teams in a system and you want to pick those players that they may not be the best they may not be the sexiest choice but these guys have a niche or a niche niche within this system that can benefit uh you know in your scoring uh format that's great man do you got do you got anything else that that you want to touch on? I mean, do you want to do you want to talk any tight ends or or any other uh, any other topics relevant to fantasy or you feel good? The only thing I'll say on tight ends is that it's such a sparse position and everyone immediately, you know, poor Kyle Pitts, right? The dude's got the weight of the his the world on his his shoulders right now. That's probably the toughest position to come into the NFL as, right? There's a lot. There's blocking schemes. There's passing schemes. There's, you know, there's there's a ton that goes into that. Every, he's supposed to be a generational talent, right? He's supposed to be just a wide receiver playing tight end. I think fantasy people, especially like more hobbyist or novice, you know, kind of it's more of a game. It's it's a game. It's not like, you know, we're not playing big stakes here. We forget that it takes two upward, usually more like three years for tight ends to develop. Kyle Pitts, I think, will be very good. And especially with Julio leaving, that that's a huge vacancy. But I think you're going to need a year for a player like Kyle Pitts to develop or two. I'm also very big on like Noah Fant and Mike Gusecki. They're entering what their third or fourth year. I think Tua has shown uh, a rapport with Gusecki. If he can stay healthy, I know he kind of had that last minute injury at the end of the season. Noah Fant has been kind of injury ridden. These guys are like kind of on the cusp of showing pretty good things. I just think uh we got to keep in mind with a lot of these young tight ends that it takes a little time to to develop and i know you're a penn state guy so how you feeling about is it fryer move pat fryer move to the i'm Steelers. excited to see him man i you pennsylvania you know through and through goes to a pennsylvania team i know it's not the birds but i've heard some good hype from him man and uh i think he's going to show some good things maybe not this year but give him two to three years and You'll be hearing his name. Yeah, I don't know if he's is he penciled in as this the starter or, or or for some significant playing time with with Pittsburgh this year. That I, is, I uh, they so, still right? have um, they still have Eric Ebron. Yeah, Ebron's nice. They have Ebron. Yeah. He he didn't exactly show exactly what they wanted, but I I think that's something. I also have my eye on Cole Clement. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be really good. Where's um, he at? Chicago. He oh, yeah, yeah. he had a couple year. nice games last year, didn't he? Yeah. George yeah. Kittle and him have kind of – George Kittle is – they had a big tight end conference. I think it was down in Nashville, and it was like Greg Olson and Kittle and Travis uh, Kelsey kind of – it's – tight end's a weird position in that tight end is kind of its own little, like, club. And there's a lot of people kind of – moving in on that with Tim Tebow. But uh, they had that conference, and Kittle personally invite, reached out to Cole Komet and invited him. I think he's showing a lot of talent, and he's coming up on his second year. So I think, you know, another year or so could be a good breakout. It's just such a sparse position. It's 
you know, you're always looking for that that diamond in the rough, like we said. Man, um, I gotta get the invite to that conference down yeah. in Nashville with the tight ends. Yeah, bunch bunch of big burly guys probably gassing yeah. beers and catching pig skins and having a good time. And I think a good one. I'll I'll end on this. I think T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, Detroit is kind of a a train wreck at the moment, but uh, well, they just go somewhere. Up, yeah, exactly. And they just upgraded their line with um, who's the center from Oregon? Oh, they got Penny Sewell. Yeah. That's a big upgrade. I know? wanted the Eagles to get him. And we know Goff, who ate in, in, at the Rams, Cooper Cup. He was a slot guy. So you're going to be seeing, I think, a lot of hot, pulling it, hockey leaves. He's going to be pulling a lot of those uh, dumps from, from Goff. Yeah, tight end's so tough because you get into a fantasy draft and, you know, you're going with a plan, obviously. But if you if you – it's hard because do you want to spend a first, second, or third on Kittle or Travis Kelsey, or do do you want to wait until you're down into that that middle crop where you're kind of just picking a lottery ticket or two and 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 hoping it's serviceable? It's it's really hard because it's hard to to burn a pick on a tight end in, in one of the early rounds, but it's also hard to to miss out on that top tier talent. So you gotta you gotta do a little digging. And There's a fine that's line. That's why we brought you in, dude. Yeah, uh, in in my college league, we we say that tight end is a luxury. I'm more inclined to go for a receiver or a running back as opposed to getting that elite tight end and in kind of streaming it in that way. Who's who's hot handed? Yeah, you look at Tanya last year with Green Bay. Exactly. He had some huge games, and I don't think anybody was was thinking about him in the preseason. Yeah, gee, I think the uh, the name of the game is Diamond in the Rough, right? You got to find that value, and I think uh, don't don't bet your higher rounds on an unknown. You want to take your knowns, and then uh, take your chances, your risks later. There we go. There you have it. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we certainly found a diamond in the rough with you and, and bringing, in, bringing in that fantasy knowledge for us today. So as, as the host, I'd like, like to thank you, Ali D, for being the, the first guest on Thoughts from the Shade. Do you have any, any parting words for our, for our listeners? Hey, man, I love the show. Privileged to be a part of it. And uh, hope you, hopefully I can get back on more if, uh, if you guys are feeling it. And uh, best of luck. Hope for all the success for this show. Appreciate that, brother. This episode's brought to you by Shamrock Sun. If you're out on the golf course, at the pool, at the beach, or doing anything outside, and you're getting burnt because your tiny tube of commercial sunscreen is running out on you too soon, you need to head over to shamrocksun.com and enter the promo code SHADE, that's S-H-A-D-E, in all caps, for 10% off of one of their big-ass bottles of 50 SPF sunscreen.